Hello, and welcome to the Kosh Podcast. I am your host, Timber Smith, and once again, I am super excited about this week's guest. Uh, this, me and this uh, individual, uh, we go back a little ways. Um, I'm, I'm super proud of the success that they've had in, in their professional life after they uh, have moved on from uh, college. And um, I'm, I'm excited about the conversation that we're, we're going to have. Um, so this week's guest is Tyra Elin. How you doing, Tyra? I have no complaints. All is well. All <laughs> is well. Okay. Okay. We'll take that. Well, that's better than having complaints. Exactly. No one wants to hear that. No, no one wants to hear the hear people's problems. <laughs> Not really. Not really. <laughs> All right, you ready to jump into the kosh? Yes, I am. I'm excited. All right. Um, can you please share a little something about yourself and uh, what is your connection to the kosh? So me and the Kosh go way, way back. Well, it really does feel like way back 10 years ago. Um, I started at the University of Wisconsin at Oshkosh, a little proud freshman. Um, I got a job working with you. And uh, that, I mean, what a time. When I think about it, like, wow, that feels like so long ago. Um, But I started at the University of Oshkosh or Wisconsin at Oshkosh. Stay there for three years. Really, really enjoyed my time there. I just had more opportunities in Milwaukee as far as the career path that I wanted to take and just being closer to family in Milwaukee and in Chicago. Um, I was fortunate enough when the Wisconsin Herd came to town to come back as the sideline reporter for the team. Um, and I did that from the start of the year until last year. So the, their first three seasons, which was really exciting. Um, it was cool to see classmates that I hadn't seen in years. Um, I saw some professors. So I really felt like I was back at home, which was nice. Um, it's a hometown feel, which I always appreciated when I went to school there. So. That's the connection I've always enjoyed being in Oshkosh. It's far enough away from Milwaukee, but close enough to come back. Um, so, yeah. Now, you know, I I want to jump. I want to talk about the herd a little bit because, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I'm, I, I got some tickets. I got, I'm a season ticket holder for the herd. Love, love, love herd games, right? Because I think it's like one of the best things you can kind of do in the right. cash, right? I right. Mean, who who has that? You know, we in the feel of it, right? Right. I, I always called it. It has this feel of an adult high school basketball game. That is accurate. Right. Because you, you're going to see like a little bit of any and everybody when you go to the her game, right? And it's good when you see them. It's a good feeling. You're like, "What's up?" And you wave to them. And the, and the size of the arena to me is perfect. Right. Right. There's not a bad seat in that place. Exactly. Yeah. It was very home feel, very intimate. Um, And I mean, that last season was exciting. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, how exciting last season was. Um, So, yeah, a little bittersweet (laughs) um, with how the year ended due to COVID. But. Oh, oh, I feel cheated because I'm not going to lie. I was just 
paying for my playoff tickets, right? And I was like, oh, the herd, the herd finna win this championship, right? Championship. It was serious. And uh, yeah, that just didn't work out that way. It didn't. And I mean, I was looking forward to coming back. Literally, I had just put together a video package recapping the herd season and how excited we were to head to the playoffs. And, you know, it was growth from the first year. and We had hit our peak where we could, you know, show who we are um, as affiliate of the Milwaukee Bucks. And the last day, I remember it like it was yesterday. I really wanted to post the content and we just missed the deadline because there were so many things happening that day. They told us to work from home on March 11th. And we never return back to the office. That so uh, that's that's on some stuff, right? Yeah, that was it. Was a game changer. <laughs> it was that's a huge game changer, and and if I don't know, it just left me feeling some kind of way at the end of the day. Yeah, they had to make some really hard decisions. I mean, the front office with both organizations, the Wisconsin Herd and Milwaukee Bucks, um, decisions that I know they didn't that weren't easy to make. So it kind of put them in a, in a corner to have to make those. Right. And it was just unfortunate times and unfortunate year after all that hard work that the players put in and the staff put in. So it was disappointing. It was very disappointing. All right. And so, um, and, and I just want to throw in there, uh, we don't edit when we do these shows cause I want it to be as authentic as possible. And so in the, in the background, I think we got somebody else who's a guest with you. Who's our co-guest? This is little Ava. She's new to the world. She's three months old. Uh-uh. She's my partner in crime right now. She's smiling as I'm looking at her. <laughs> that, that's what I'm talking about. Well, welcome, little Ava, to the Kosh. I think she might be our youngest guest. <laughs> and the funny part is as you're saying welcome she's like making giggly noises this little girl she's advanced uh, well, she, uh, well maybe she just know she knows how to conduct a great interview i'm sure she gets it from her mom she gets it from her mama all right i'm liking that all right you ready to jump into the first segment yes okay first segment is called what in the world is going on with? And that is where we start with the phrase, what in the world is going on with? And you finish it with something that's on your mind. So, Tyra, what's on your mind? What the world is going on with face masks? <laughs> so I just left a business. Now, I have no preference if people want to wear masks or don't, right? That's not the point of the conversation. When I go into an establishment and the owner says, hey, I want you to put on a face mask or I don't care if you do, like I'm going to respect either one. I go into this business. They say, hey, we want you to wear face masks. I pull my face mask out and put it on. But when the employees. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> Well, I guess that's what I get for talking smack, huh? (laughs) Didn't even finish it. (laughs) Um, Let me just take a good sip of water. No problem. All right. Well, I guess I was going too hard for that. But when the employees in the establishment don't have on the face mask or aren't wearing it properly, what are we really doing? I think there are so many things happening in the world right now. And a lot of us are just operating in procedures and status quo, like 
Let's get it together. So if you want me to wear my face mask, I'm all for it. But make sure your staff is, they're wearing it properly. Don't waste my time to make me go to the car to get another face mask. So that happened today. And I am just like, what are we doing? (laughs) It's not mandated anymore. So if you don't want people to wear them, you don't have to. But what I see a lot of businesses do, and this isn't only about the face mask, about Black Lives Matter and all these social issues and social things happening right now is businesses are doing what they feel like their customers want them to do versus what their mission stands on. Um, and that that's really interesting um, across the board. So just pick your pick your poison and stand on it. I, I, I like that. And you're right. I, I do think some businesses may not be maybe aren't being authentic in in, in what they truly stand for. And, and let's not do what's just popular. Let's do what you believe in. But that also being said, I can understand it from a business aspect in the point being that, um, that, you know, you, you got to meet your constituents where you're at, you know, you, you, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your people, your customers, your consumers, they're your bread and butter. And uh, if your missions don't align with uh, maybe with the greater the, the the greater number of your constituents stand for, then maybe you need to rethink your mission. Exactly. Or your demographics, yeah, you know, uh, stay true to your roots. Um, if you find your, there's a community with social media for everything, find your community, find your niche and stick to it. You're going to get loyal customers that way, too. Um, so no need to fake the funk. That's true. Customers can see through that. Exactly. Okay. Well, my what in the world is going on with has to do with self-checkouts. All right. (laughs) You feel me on this? There are a lot of them. Wait, wait. That's the prop. Wait, because here's my thing. Look, I am anti-self-checkout because, you know, it, it it's it's like what I why am I saving you loot if it's included in the cost of the product or my experience as a consumer in your location and but then I gotta come and when I when I go y'all don't have nobody cashiering so I'm forced to do a self checkout right except for then they got the one wanderer over in the self checkout area making everybody feel. Like, what you doing? Looking over <laughs> your shoulder, trying to make sure you're scanning everything. You know, last time I checked, I didn't get trained on the machines. <laughs> exactly. You know, what am I self-checking out for? Uh, when I am more than happy to get in line, be patient, wait, make sure that things are properly checked out so there's not any conflict, there's no misunderstandings. And if there is a misunderstanding, it is not upon me. You know, exactly. I do not want somebody chasing me out of the store saying you did not scan this. Uh, it, it, no, let's not do this. Just give me some cashiers. Don't feel that I should be the one self-checking out. Let's make that happen. That's wow. factual. And you know, the funny part is some stores have a self-checkout limit. And because they only have one cashier, everyone's still in self-checkout. 
Now, and I mean, what what is that? You self checkout. So now that I haven't seen, so there's a self checkout limit that you can only self check out so much yourself. Yes, I was at the grocery store um, last weekend, and there was twenty items or less for self checkout, and then there were two cashiers. Mm-mm-mm. Why can't the two cashiers just work the cash register? I have no idea. I have go with the flow at this point. Look. At, look, I, I'm, I'm now look. I, I was forgiving during COVID, right? During the <laughs> <Not> pandemic, <post. laughs> I, I, I was a little forgiving because I would go in, I would gone in a place or two, and I didn't go many. I almost went. I can almost say I almost went in no stores, but I went okay. into a couple. I went into a couple, and the couple I went into, uh. They would have no cashiers and they would self-checkout. Well, you know, here's my thing. Now we at the place that, you know, we're trying to get back to normal, normalization, right? Right. And why, why can't we just get the cashiers back? You know? I don't, you know, I think there are some stores that are actually struggling with hiring some, too. I talked to... Um, a VP of an organization yesterday and she was saying she has to get creative with hiring because so many people make more money on unemployment than actually going to an establishment. Ooh, let's have that conversation real quick too. I, I'm not, I'm not sure how, you know, I, I keep hearing people say that, but I don't know how I feel about that when people actually say that. Right. Because I'm not, okay. there, there's two ways I feel about it. Like, should we be paying more so they can have a living wage? Or is that really what is happening? Because I'm not a hundred percent sure that I think that's the easy answer. Right. Mm. But I don't yeah. know if that's the answer. I'm not a hundred percent convinced yet that the reason that there's a shortage of employees is because of this unemployment. I mean, I think there could be a shortage of employees because a lot of the employees who may have lost their jobs during the pandemic went and got better jobs. And now there's, there's just not as many people out here willing to work for a lesser wage. I could see that. I've, I thought this was something more feasible when we were looking at essential workers last April, May, and June, around that time where we were just coming out of the the real lockdown time frame. Right. Um, because you were getting, I mean, an extra $600 on unemployment. Now, I think it's the jobs that... Um, were already tough to fill, but right. they have a lot more um, customers coming in. So you look at drive-throughs at restaurants, like people are probably that convenience is a little bit more convenient than going into the grocery store right now, especially during peak hours. Right. Um, so I could see that. I think it's hit or miss depending on the actual job. I mean, cause CNAs, I feel like that was always a hard place to fill. Right. Um, so I think you look at the job and then you could say, well, that that's been consistent for X amount of time. And this is probably a new issue over here. Right. I, I would agree with that. I, and I think that's part of the thing. I mean, um, and, and I think in some of the cases, you know, some people change is hard. Right. And so I believe there's some people who may have been sitting in a job that may not have been the best paying job, but they've had that job for a long time. Right. Right. 
And so they were just there and, and never, never needed to go look elsewhere to find out there was better out there. And mm-hmm. then this happened and maybe the doors closed temporarily. They were laid off because, you know, COVID and then they went and found something better or they found oh. out there was the opportunity to do better. And then they're like, well, I ain't going back to that. I agree with that. Let's talk about that because <laughs> I'm in that boat. I'm in that boat where um, I enjoyed what I was doing post COVID or pre COVID. And then post COVID I'm looking at, okay, where was the balance? Where was the structure? There are a lot of other opportunities that fit my lifestyle more than what I was forcing my lifestyle to fit prior to COVID. That's yes. I think that's a whole nother conversation, which, you know, let's be honest, like people now have found out, um, maybe, I can work from home. Exactly. <laughs> Even though people for years have, they have ran away from the, the idea in the, in the concept of doing anything work related at home. Now it's some people are not going back to the same, the same structure. Right. And so that might be another reason that maybe some businesses are having a tough time filling jobs because people have found other opportunities where they don't have to go work in person in that retail setting, that uh, food server setting and have found ways to work from home and make that same money, if not better money. Exactly. Exactly. For big companies too. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know. That's why, like I said earlier, I'm unsure about that conversation of, people are quick to blame the unemployment and (laughs) I think it could just be a change in employment Mm -hmm. and what that looks like every day right for a different yes I agree with that that's a good point all right okay that was that was that was good you ready for the next segment Yes. Next segment is word association. So I'm going to say some words and you just tell, tell us, tell the Kosh listeners what's on your mind or what comes to mind. All right. First word, food. I have a tricky relationship with food right now. Uh Uh-oh. So (laughs) I have to give myself so much grace. I am not used to this. So Ava is our third child. Okay. And you go nine months to create a child right in the belly. And I ate all of these amazing foods. I cooked foods I had never cooked before. I have mastered lasagna. I mean, I was at home with my family and we enjoyed the time eating together. Those habits that I built in nine months, I have struggled to shave off now that Ava is living her best life outside of my belly and so (laughs) the discipline that I am trying to get back to is a real thing Um, and I've never been in this space so I'm usually heading back to work at this point or I'm getting active in some capacity and now I have to be my own motivation oh this is different Um, so I have recently got a trainer (laughs) And we are working out in the gym because I just can't say no to 
you know, chocolate chip cookies right now. And I've never had that problem post-pregnancy. <laughs> so yeah, food is too good right now. And I have developed some really cool dishes that I cannot say no to cooking. Mm. I, I, I'm feeling that. How's the, wait, so I want to uh, know, is this trainer thing, is, is it, is it working? Is it a thing? It is a thing. So Yoshi, she's amazing. Um, she matches my energy too. So we can laugh. Um, and have a good time and get an amazing workout. I have struggled to find women who can keep me going through a workout. And Yoshi has hit hit it right on the nail. So she knows what she's doing, number one. Um, and she brings energy and her full joy every time I come to her gym. Um, so I'm really excited to keep working with her. I'm going into my second month with her. And, you know, she is very graceful in correction. She tells me stories versus just saying, Tyree, you know, you should have. Um, so that makes things a little bit easier. She's like, you need to do some self-care. So put yourself on the calendar. Stop missing our sessions. And she got me in check. And I appreciate that. So <laughs> we're like doing good. That. She calls it self-care. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it is. It's a choice. We have a choice as women. Uh, post-pregnancy if we want to go to the gym or if we want to sit here and try to be in control of our household. All right. Hey, shout out to Yoshi. <laughs> okay. Cocktail or beer? Neither. Neither. I have, uh, I used to be into wine and I'll still have a glass of wine, but my brother and sister got married, a brother-in-law, I married my now sister in 2017, and that was the last time I had any hard beverage slash beer or anything like outside of wine. Bruh. Really? Yes. Okay. We had a good time. It was a great time off of those little bottles, you know, those shot bottles that you can get in the gas station. Yes. <laughs> I promise I had two of those and I felt like I had six, went to Potawatomi, had a good time with the family and my husband. We actually still have video of me hitting the quan in the food court. And that was all she wrote. I was done after that. I went to church the next day and the pastor asked me to open up with prayer and the conviction, just the sweat of the liquor was still on me. And I was like, I think I'm done. I don't think I had any self-control last night. And now I'm supposed to pray for souls. That's not going to work. Oh, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say, uh, okay, good call. <laughs> That's all I got. Can't really argue with any of that right there. All right. Netflix. Me and Netflix have a tricky relationship right now. Um, I am watching shows that are throwbacks that I would leave, come home from middle school and watch and the joy that I'm getting from it. Sister, sister, one-on-one. -on -one, I haven't started half and half. Moesha, all these throwback shows, they're taking me back to my, my youth, which is keeping me young because I'm hitting 30, so I need to fill those younger years. Uh -oh. Um, so... We got a, a hate love relationship right now, but it's it's all good. I, I like that. Um, Amazon. Oh, Amazon! Amazon can cause a divorce in a household. Did you know that? Uh, you know, I, I, 
Yes. Yes, I do. And I'm going to tell you particularly because my spouse uh, loads trucks for UPS. And she is always mad at the volume of Amazon orders. She's like, (laughs) if y'all would just quit quit ordering all this stuff life could be normal but but you know and it's and, and it's worse because she can see all the things i'm ordering <laughs> oh yes in the convenience of it i mean ava was born i was back at the house two days later i have five boxes here and there are some things that i still have not used it was just the excitement of this is coming in two days and this is cute mm. do i need it probably not um, so self-discipline is a real thing with Amazon. I have a love-hate relationship, but I'm grateful for it because last minute birthday gifts, Father's Day is coming up. I'm sure it'll be a week before and I'll be like, well, I should have got this too. And I'll go on Amazon. Mm. Never fails. I'm not going to lie. I am, I am making a more conscious effort now to try and do some shopping local. That is Ooh. that is the thing because you know we 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 got to support these these small businesses out here. We, we need them. That's huge. That's huge. Yep. Um. Parenting. Well, that's my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say, COVID has humbled me in another way, um, as far as being a mother. And what that really means, like I had this um, Showtime HBO lifestyle of motherhood and then reality hit with COVID. Um, Working for an NBA team had me busy Um, in a way where I was making progress and I was achieving these goals, but I was missing out on the most important thing. And that is family. I just married my husband before I went full time and we had just had our first child. So. To come sit in the house with them and to be a parent, to be a wife, reality set in that maybe we um, haven't done this as much as we should. (laughs) Maybe we haven't utilized our dining room table. Um, So parenting has been very humbling, but it has brought me the most joy. Been hard. It's the hardest job, but it's brought me the most joy because I see the impact of what it means to be a mother now. At first, I saw it in my head and in these quotes and in TV movies, but I really felt the impact of me coming home and just being here for a second and how fast my toddler was potty trained. Or me coming home and being here for a moment and how quickly my second daughter picked up on words that she probably knew but just wasn't saying because mothers talk to their children different from fathers. Not to take away from them, but it's just a different bond. I mean, we were rocking for nine months before the world ever seen them, right? Right. Um, So parenting brings me much joy, real joy now. I think um, it's authentic and it's real. And before it was like, yeah, I have some kids and I'm a mom. I'm a fine mama too. But now it's like, it's real. Um, It's real joy. It's real love. It's real peace from within being a mom. Mm. That's powerful. Okay. Um, last word, sports. Okay, this is a tough one. Not because the answer is tough, but because I 
I hope that the Milwaukee Bucks can really pull something off this 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 postseason. I see a solid team on the court with the Milwaukee Bucks. My hesitation is the West Coast, even in the teams that don't make the playoffs, they are always deep. They have talent across the board. We have struggled to make it every year that I've worked with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's a mental mentality. This physicality, you can fight through that, the physical part, but if you don't have the mental capacity to do it, um, there's a breakdown, and there has to be real chemistry. There has to be a real hunger across the board. And not to say that certain players on the team, we've seen Chris come in the clutch and knock down these shots. We've seen Giannis put in work year in and year out, off-season, pre-season, everything. He's doing what he's supposed to do as the face. But is he enough? Right. I agree with that. And what I struggle with is a harsh reality living in the cheese state of Wisconsin. We are not the Packers. We are not football. It's the NBA. And do players who have the talent and the mentality and the experience want to come to Milwaukee and bring a championship here? I, yeah. You know, I always think that, like, I really thought – which I, I think this last go-round of um, recruiting that they did and uh, the free agency and they brought in the players that they brought in, they did an excellent job of building building something around Giannis. Um, but, you know, you're right. It, it takes something to draw that extra big name, right? Right. And I don't know if our market fosters that. Exactly. And they foster more of the veterans. Like, we've gotten so many amazing veterans that have come through our city, um, but they didn't stay long, and their support wasn't enough because they're supporting on the mental mental side. So then you lose the the talent that you need on the court. Like, when was the last time we've seen someone? I mean, Ray Allen is in his own boat, right? Right. But but a player that could shoot consistently from the three-point arc. Right. Yeah. And I mean that the game has changed. So, I mean, that's the expectation now, right? Like you got people out there who that's what they do and, and they ain't even playing no inside game. It's, it's, it's an all outside the art game. Exactly. And to put that pressure on Giannis to say, Hey, you need to just develop your three point game is not, that's not ideal. That's not realistic. It's not um, who he is to me. It's not his. Exactly. It's not his strength. It's not his strong suit. Exactly. So, I want them to go far, but this round with the Nets, with the team that they have built overnight, after taking a year, it's going to show us where the Milwaukee Bucks are and what they're really capable of. Okay. Um. I just want to take a moment and ask the question. So you mentioned that you worked for the Bucks. Um, what did you do for the Bucks? Um, so I worked in a few different departments throughout my eight years being with them. I started as an intern in group sales 
only game nights I would come and escort groups to their experience, whether it was the tunnel or to be courtside sitting in a player's seats. And then I went to um, community relations and worked in there for majority of my years with the organization. And I really enjoyed that. Um, getting to know the community, getting to know um, the people and in another level and being a resource, right? So the Milwaukee Bucks, they're the biggest, the biggest speakerphone we're going to find in the city and to address social issues, um, to create events that brought joy. I mean, we got to do so many different things. It wasn't just working with a nonprofit. It was working with Northwestern Mutual, with BMO Harris Bank, um, with local organizations, grassroots. So we got to touch some of everyone. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and then my last few years, I transitioned into broadcast full-time. So that's when I was able to be the Wisconsin Herd sideline reporter. And then I did digital content for Bucks Gaming and odd-end jobs for the Milwaukee Bucks. So there were times where I was interviewing the GM of the Milwaukee Bucks um, pregame for an event. So I was able to touch a lot of different things, which I'm super grateful for. I don't know why the organization was so willing, but I am grateful for it because I have a ton of experience in a variety of buckets um, that have allowed me to make my own path for whatever I do next. Okay. Let's move to the next segment. The next segment is called "What Does the Kosh Need," and that is where uh, you know we we uh, we ask our guest. You know, what What do we need for this community? Mm-hmm. Well, I think number one and most importantly is diversity. Um, there are students who come there, who come to Oshkosh just to experience the university and then end up leaving, as I did. Um, but I wish a few more would stay and just experience some of the goodness there. Um, and to... We talk about racism. It's like such, you know, it's the platform right now. It's what everyone's focused on. And I truly believe that it's about having conversations and living amongst people who are different. So the more we diversify ourselves, the more we can learn about another and understand their experience and create a level of empathy. And I believe that's on both sides. Um, So I wish it was more of that even when I was coming back for, for the Wisconsin herd, that was always a desire. Um, but I also hope that they continue to bring more sports, um, minor league teams to the state and picking Oshkosh. I voted Oshkosh at the very beginning, um, to be a location for the Wisconsin herd. My vote did not count, but in my mind it did (laughs) Um, (laughs) because there's so much joy there. There's so much support there, um, from the community. And that's important for any organization. I'm not going to lie. I watched, uh, some of the other D league games, you know, while watching the herd, uh, Mm -hmm. and you know, the way this, the fans that showed up to our game, we used to have a lot of fans compared to a lot of the other teams. Yes, the loudest crowd. I was able to travel with the team a few times. No one was beating our crowd and our support. 
I mean, not at all. Yeah, I got I got to give it up to the Kosh. Y'all y'all definitely you know, I can't wait for these games to start back up. I'm excited, excited, excited. All right, the next segment is called the Naughty Slash Heroes Corner, and this is an opportunity for you to nominate someone, something, an organization, whoever, to the Naughty or the Heroes Corner. So uh, what do you got? The heroes are all of the parents across not only the Oshkosh area, but the state of Wisconsin across the country because they were parenting during during COVID and they were being a teacher during COVID. And those two roles together, that was a challenge in patience and how gentle you can be with your child. So they are the heroes um, across the board. I know we talk about those who um, were the nurses and the essential workers, you know, credit and support to them as well. But parents, you know, you hung in there in, a, in an unbelievable way. You still were the provider and you were the teacher and you were doing all of this in one space. Um, so I, I think kudos to all parents who, who really survived the pandemic. I'm with you on that one. Um, the way I, the way I feel about that whole situation is I hope I, I give great kudos to the parents, but what I really hope comes from that is a greater appreciation for our educators. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, because the parents who had to become the educators, I am truly like, uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't feel that it, it didn't seem that hard until you, you have to do it. But I mean, that, that's exactly. anything, right? It's never, it's never real until it's real. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The grass ain't always greener. <laughs> right, because you hear people talking about, well, teachers get summers off. and Yeah, no, nah, them nine months is real. <laughs> exactly, exactly. My daughter showed me that when she went back to school. Her teacher called every day about her screaming in the classroom. And I was like, you know, uh, she's not used to being outside the house. Let's yeah. work on it. So. <laughs> oh, I like that. All right. Now, um, now it's time for our topic of the week, and our topic is invisible beauty. What does that mean? Oh, that means a lot. You know, to be honest, when I started this organization, when this concept was birthed, it was during my time of competing for Miss America, which Oshkosh is the home of the Miss America organization for the state of Wisconsin. So hoot hoot to Oshkosh. They support the state pageant every year and host it there um, at one of their local schools. And so I was competing for that title and I came up with a program to support young women who potentially may um, go into pageantry just to encourage them and empower them to believe in themselves. And I let that platform go after um i retired quote unquote i was actually kicked out because i was too old <laughs> they don't really kick you out but you do age out of the program Bruh. um and so i i laid down that that platform and i ended up picking it back up a few years later in 2016 um because i felt the need of women to find their voice 
And everything that I have poured into Invisible Beauty um, in terms of women finding their voice is something that I've experienced. And I did not know that's what I was picking up. Had I known, I don't know if I would have picked it up because there's a lot of growth um, that comes through it. But Invisible Beauty, the goal is about wearing confidence from the inside and not outside. So we can be beautiful you know, for the first 30, 40 years of our life, and then the wrinkles set in, and then the weight is harder to lose. So how do we find the inner beauty um, internally through our life that we live, through what we say to ourselves, through our beliefs? Um, That's the core focus. And since um, 2016, I've gone through that process myself. Reason why I said, you know, COVID was such a profound moment, um, for me because I had to live out the things that I was teaching women to live out in a, in a very direct way, uh, far as being present in the households, um, putting yourself first, managing healthy relationships and what that means, um, and finding your identity because for so long, my, my identity was my career. If I was successful, if I had met my goals, my identity was checkmate. It was solid. But when my, identity was stripped for me, my job or my status, I had to show up as Tyra. And um, I didn't know what that looked like because it had trend, It had changed from the last time I evaluated myself. I was down married. I now have kids. I have, you know, work experience. I, I, my life looked different. Um, so with Invisible Beauty, it's really about finding the person within and being okay with her and loving on her and cherishing her because she goes nowhere. All the external things, they can be taken, they can be gone. You know, we see people who go through these freak accidents um, and they lose a limb or lose their eyesight. And it's hard to bounce back from that. But if you are stable in your foundation of who you are, it gives you a little bit more hope to press on, a little bit more hope to you know, go through these trials and tribulations with confidence and with a a little mustard seed of faith that things will be better and um, there's more to you than what meets the eye. So um, at this time, is Invisible Beauty, what, is there anything that um, the organization is currently doing um, do you do presentations? Um, what is it? What is it? What has it become? What does it look like right now? Because I'm sure that during COVID, it, it you can't do all the things that you you might have been doing prior. So at this point, what is it? What is it coming out of the pandemic looking like? And and what's what's it going to be doing? What's in its future? Yeah, so I did. I stopped all workshops um, during the the pandemic. So I'll go back to those in the fall. Um, Right now, I'm publishing and printing a journal. Um, And then we are launching a clothing line in the fall. So we're doing the confidence, uh, the package, right? So the journal that's given away at the workshops is officially being published. And then the clothing that we will wear with confidence, despite what confidence may look like on social media, because a lot of young girls feel like that is taking off half your clothes um, and seeing how many likes you can get. 
Um, so we're building the the cool stuff around the workshops um, to be able to add to that for the fall. So the fall is when all of this will be launched and then we'll go back into scheduling um, conferences as a speaker and to do workshops and retreats. So I try to do my retreats um, in a very intimate way. So I host them a lot um, in the summer. So I'll host one this summer, but it, it won't be open to the public. Okay. Um, and if people want to learn more about Invisible Beauty or, or to contact you um, to maybe book or anything like that, yeah. um, how, did, how did they reach out to you? How did they contact you? So all of my information is on IamInvisibleBeauty.com. All of our social media handles is I am Invisible Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. We have not transitioned to Twitter, and Twitter is a dangerous space. Um, there are some, some, um, some social pages that just kind of go against the whole mission. Uh, so we try to stick to Facebook and, and Instagram. But those are the three locations that I can be reached, and you can learn more about what we do. Um, the pillars are positive identity, positive relationships, and self-care. And the goal is to empower women to walk in their authentic self and trust the words that follow I am every day, whether it's I am a teacher, I am a mother, I am a care provider, I am a wife, whatever words follow, follow with confidence by knowing who you are from within. All right. At this time, we're going to start wrapping it all up. All right. So. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it ain't over. It Good ain't over, stuff. over. Good stuff. Um, what I would like to say is uh, to all the Kosh listeners, once again, uh, we are a work in progress. Uh, you know, I appreciate you all. I appreciate every email and, and different messages. I'm actually getting messages through uh, different platforms at this time. Uh, if you are interested in being a guest, do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, once again, it is askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, askthekosh at gmail.com. You can email me. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn, which I've gotten a couple of messages through LinkedIn. You can also reach out to me on Facebook. Um, so far, what I have learned is that there is not a lot of other Timber Smiths out there in the world. <laughs> so i am not a hard man to find please feel free to reach out i i love hearing from you um and we we take it seriously if you if you've written me you know i answer everything personally and we do make changes to the show accordingly uh from my from ideas that that are great all right so you know what time it is it is shout out time, my favorite time of the show. All right, so Tyra, this is your opportunity to shout out anybody who you want to shout out. Shout out everybody. You don't, there is no limit to the shout outs. We love a good shout out. So shout out. So shout out first and foremost, Timber, because you have played a huge role in the woman that I've become. I mean, you were coaching me through some of the most difficult years of my life. Um, shout out to my family who have stuck by me and supported me um, through all these years. It takes a village to do anything, to accomplish any dream 
there has to be a support system uh, for the hard days, for the babysitters, for the broke days. Um, so all of my Ewans, all of my McFarlands, all of my Lawsons, they have all supported me in some way, shape or form and allowed me to grind um, in the way that I needed to. And just shout out to God. I mean, he gave us breath this morning, movement in our lens, and he has given me opportunities um, to really change the life for my family, change my life for my family. And so I'm forever grateful for that. I love that. I love that. All right. I really, um, I got, I got a couple of shout outs and I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, I'm going to give one huge shout out to somebody that you wouldn't expect necessarily, but it's a shout out to my daughter's boyfriend. Right. (gasps) Yes. I'm giving his name is Sam. I'm going to give Sam a shout out. You know why I'm going to give my man Sam a shout out? Why? Because my daughter moved out of her college house this weekend and he showed up and he came and he helped move and he didn't move the little stuff. He moved the heavy stuff. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Wait, he showed up. And and I appreciate that. You know what that is? That's a good dude. And I and and I'll be the first one, even as a protective father, I will be the first one to give acknowledge that Sam, you're a good dude. I appreciate you, man. That, that, that is was a good huge. dude. Yep, that that was good stuff. Uh, special shout out to my wife as always, because you know what? Uh, since the daughter uh, has taken over her room again, and I have lost my podcast studio, I have moved the podcast <laughs> studio into the living room temporarily, and she has not uh, decided to chase me out of the house for it yet. But we will be. <laughs> We'll be okay. It's only a temporary thing. All right. Exactly. So those are my those are my shout outs at the moment. All right. And the very last thing in this episode of the Kosh are the parting words of wisdom. Tyra, what you got for us? You know, I just want to encourage everyone. This is so big for me. This was something that I had to take a journey on and to sit in a house for a year and to watch the world um, can make people feel like they don't have enough or they're not where they're supposed to be. I just encourage every listener to live in your authentic truth and stand in that and be okay in that. Because the truth is there are so many voices and people on social media who are putting up a facade to be in the space that they want to be in versus where they really are. And, we fall into depressions. We create anxiety. We we are falling into these spaces of a lot of mental health issues by not being honest and authentic with ourselves. So I just encourage everyone just walking your truth. Uh, wherever you stand, you were meant to be there. Um, you had to work to get there. You will work to continue to grow. And that is all okay. Uh, we all have a journey. We were not created perfect. We're on the journey to be made perfect um, and to live in that truth day in and day out. All right. That was powerful. How'd you like this? I did. I loved it. I want to know what you thought. (laughs) We'll talk about it offline. (laughs) (laughs) The Kosh. (laughs) 